What's going on everybody? John Ott here with you on a Red Wings game night. It is January 4th, 2022 and thank God it's the new year. <laughs> and uh, here we go. So after the COVID-19 pause where you saw the Red Wings lose on New Year's Eve to the Washington Capitals and then get bitch slapped again by the Boston Bruins, they needed to come out at home tonight on this Tuesday night against the Sharks that had, I believe, eight rookies on the ice. They're starting a lot of new guys, not only just because of the COVID stuff, but the Red Wings, they play a lot better at home than they do on the road. And it really showed tonight, especially in a game that I think that they really needed to have in terms of getting back on track here. So they get a 6-2 victory over the San Jose Sharks. You had Tyler Bertuzzi and Pew Suter in the second period that absolutely electrified the crowd. And there was a couple other things that electrified the crowd tonight that I will get to. But Bertuzzi and Suter especially, two shorthanded goals back-to-back, -back, 37 seconds apart in the second period. Both Bertuzzi and Suter combined for four goals. You had Dylan Larkin also add another one. Uh, Gustav Lidstrom played very well on his own end. Had two assists, Nick Letty. Uh, Mike Rasmussen, Moat Sider, Carter Rowney also had an assist. And for the San Jose Sharks goal scorers, you had Jasper Weatherby and Alexander Barbanov with a goal. Brent Burns, Tomas Hurdle, and Timo Meyer had an assist for the Sharks. Alex Nedeljkovic, as I've said of late, I, with the exception of the last two games, I get it, whether you split time between Grice and that. But Nedeljkovic, I thought, was solid again in net tonight, 10-8-3 now. And uh, James Reimer took the loss, and Aiden Hill came in there for the Sharks to kind of clean some stuff up in the third period. He just didn't have it tonight. The other thing that really kind of electrified the crowd tonight to me, I, I was nice to see uh, Giovanni Smith once again drop the gloves, Sam Gagne as well. I thought it was a really solid effort for the Red Wings to get back on track after this COVID pause especially. And they're going to get to play, take on another good team as they'll uh, head on the road to Anaheim on Thursday against... Trevor Zegras and the Anaheim Ducks. If you even talk about that goal or flipping over the air and batting it out of the air, that's one of the best things you'll ever see in the NHL season. So, good bounce back today for the Red Wings. But what would you think? Facebook.com slash TBUGunsinger, Twitter, at John Ryan Ott. As always, I've added a Discord server in the links below. I've had... Uh, Spotify podcast, it's now going to be rebranded instead of Sports Day in the D. It's the Hopeless Sports Guy. You can uh, find that on Spotify, Google, and Apple. But there's a couple things that I wanted to get into, not just for a Red Wings game night. I kind of wanted to make this a little bit of a Red Wings uh, podcast to go with a little bit of a game story. It isn't much more than just a standard regular game story that would go out, but hopefully as... Uh, you know, more time permits and I get more stuff going on there to be able to get things more in depth rather than I just have like an AP Newswire thing like it is today. But I wanted to just get to this point as we're just getting into 2022 off of the COVID NHL pause. And now that we know that we're not going to have Olympic Games, there's going to be some makeup games, especially there for the Red Wings. But I wanted to get a little NHL thoughts in there and Red Wings thoughts in there as well. But always let me know what you think. So right now with NHL points leaders, you have Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl top in the list, 53, 52 points respectively. Alex Ovechkin, man, he's still he's still really cooking out there. 50 points for Ovi. Goal leaders: Leon Draisaitl 25, Ovechkin 24, Austin Matthews 20. Assist leaders: Connor McDavid. 34, Jonathan Huberdeau for the uh, Panthers has got 30, and Adam Fox, my goodness, 
You think the New York Rangers really got that one right? They knew he was their leader on defense, especially 30 assists for him. Rookie point leader still looks pretty similar. Lucas Raymond, uh, 28, so now he's got 29 with the assist tonight. Uh, 22 for Mo Sider now with the assist tonight. And Trevor Zegris at 25. So Raymond 28, Zegris 25, and Sider 22. Lucas Raymond didn't get a goal tonight. Still looking for one. I believe it's been, what, eight or nine games for Lucas Raymond since he's had one. Still got 10. Uh, Tanner Janot, who uh, drops the gloves and all that stuff for Nashville, he's got 10. Dawson Mercer's got nine rookie goal leaders. And the rookie assist leaders, again, I want to bring this up again because it's got big pivotal points to the Red Wings here. Lucas Raymond, 18. Mo Sider, 18. Trevor Zegras, 17. Goalie leaders right now, not counting tonight, so I don't know if the uh, Maple Leafs and everyone else had played. Jack Campbell, 23 games started, 16-5-2 record, 939 save percentage and a 186 goals against. So you're thinking about Peter Morazic getting hurt at the beginning of the year, trying to figure out who the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to bring in to back up Campbell, that Morazic was their backup plan. Campbell's still proven to you that he's definitely one of those guys that you can throw in there, no problem. It's not one of those instances where the Toronto Maple Leafs have a God squad team, and yes, they still do, but they wouldn't even need that. They know that Jack Campbell right now, I have to believe, in my opinion, is one of the better goalies in the NHL. No matter what's behind him, this guy's going to get the job done. The interesting part right behind him was the guy that they ended up letting go from Freddie Anderson for the Toronto Maple Leafs, now with the Carolina Hurricanes. He's got a 17-5 record, but he's got an elite defense behind him. But Freddie Anderson's still pretty good. 929 save percentage, 192 goals against. Just a little bit behind Jack Campbell, but Freddie Anderson's definitely tearing it up. And Tristan Jari, I think this really has to matter for him. He's had a really good bounce-back season for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who just were decimated by COVID from the beginning of the year. And dealing with injuries with Crosby and Malkin, some of their big guys like that, having a 15-5-4 record with a 932 save percentage and a 193 goals against is exceptional. And some of the standouts for me... Jacob Markstrom, Calgary Flames, having a good season so far. 12-6-5, 930 save percentage, 199 goals against. And Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers, because, man, the Rangers have been very hot of late. 15-4-2, 936 with a 2.9 goals against. So, Red Wings leaders for you today and going through the season and forward. Right now, as of tonight, Larkin... 16 goals, 15 assists, 31 points. Uh, the plus one, I'm not sure. that I know that was from counting before tonight. So I'm sure the plus minus went up a little bit. Uh, Bertuzzi now with 15 goals. The two games, two goals that he had in uh, today's game. Nine assists. He would have 24 points. And again, that plus 11, I'm sure that's went up. And with Lucas Raymond, still at 10 goals, 19 assists, 29 points. And I believe that plus one always went up as well. Alex Nedeljkovic. Getting an extra win there tonight, 10-8-3. As I've said, the uh, goals against and save percentage before tonight, 9-13 and 2-89 respectively. And Thomas Grice, his numbers are accurate, 15 games, 6-7, and 8-95 save percentage and a 3-41 goals against. And yet, I believe that's still going to go up because I believe Grice is a better goalie than that. I just know the Red Wings defense isn't that great behind him. So... As it stands right now, and I want to go back to this again so we can get this for clarity here in prosperity, 
15 and 3 are the Red Wings. They are just outside of the wild card spot in the Eastern Conference of that second wild card spot because first is uh, firmly ahead is the Pittsburgh Penguins and just a point separating the Boston Bruins and the Detroit Red Wings, but I believe there is a five-game separation for games played uh, as of tonight as far as between the Bruins and the Red Wings, so they have five games in hand of the Red Wings. So not only withstanding do I have a $100 bet if the Red Wings don't make the playoffs where I get 100 bucks, and if they do, I have to give up 100 bucks. but that is here nor there. Do you believe the Red Wings will get in the playoffs this year? Do you like where the Red Wings are at right now, sitting at 16, 15, and 3? And what are your thoughts going forward on this team? Do you believe the Detroit Red Wings will be a playoff team, not only this year, but my question probably stems is, going into the 2022-2023 season next year, do you firmly believe that's the time where the Red Wings will be a playoff team? And I do. And I'm going to give you my thoughts here. Facebook.com slash TBUGunslinger, Twitter, at John Ryan Ott. Why do I feel like the Red Wings will be a playoff team in 2022-2023 season? Well, I think a lot of that probably stems from what you're seeing this year for the Red Wings. You are getting just the most production that you could have ever asked for, for Lucas Raymond and for Marit Sider. And it was one of those things a couple of years ago, as we all talked about, People are saying, why did Steve Eisman reach for Marit Sider? Is he really going to be that good? Yes, he is. He's got the vision on the ice to be able to skate and be uh, comfortable behind his own net, in the offense, play defense. He's got the size and speed to be able to play physical. He's very, very smart. And for a 19-year-old player to already be doing the things that he's doing on defense especially, boy, does he look good. He looks like a first-line defenseman right now, bar none, and he's only going to continue to get better. And with Lucas Raymond, yes, he's had a little bit of a goal drought within this last 8, 9, or 10 games. However, I still feel like Raymond likes to get to his spots, even though the opposition knows, you know, try to bump him up a little bit, rough him up, stop him from getting in front of the net. He's not afraid to still get to those points, take his physical punishment, and do the things that he has to do. He's got the speed and size and everything else to match up with Bertuzzi, Larkin, and that's why he's on that first line, because he can give you all that punch that you would need. And I think he looks really good. And in this sense, again, as we talked about from the beginning of the year, and I didn't really get a chance to probably say much of this to you, but I want to reiterate this now as I've talked about it before. When you're thinking about with Alexei Lafreniere, as I was saying, so Alexei Lafreniere and Lucas Raymond, who would you probably rather have? I mean, maybe you could say Lafreniere is going to end up panning out. He had a little bit of a slow start while Raymond was on fire. But it looks look pretty good for the Red Wings. And I think for him falling to four and getting a chance to play as much as he had, I think it makes sense a lot for Raymond to do the things that he's wanted to do. And for Lafreniere, maybe he could have got a little bit more of a... Uh, punch to start if he was on the Red Wings, but he's on a really good team on the New York Rangers because the way that it was scheduled a, uh, a couple of years ago, the lottery balls and the ping pong balls were able to fall to a potential playoff team, and that's how they ended up getting Lafreniere and the Red Wings fell to four. But what do you think about the Red Wings? Facebook.com slash Gunsinger, Twitter, add John Reinot. I do think that they're going to make the playoffs next year, and that's why they're already positioning for it this year because Cider and Raymond have been so great. 
There's also been a lot of talk and controversy, again, always swirling around Tyler Bertuzzi. And it's not because he's a douchebag or anything like that or not producing in and out of the ice and things like that. It's all to have to do with the COVID shots and him being the one lone player that's unvaccinated on the NHL. And it's one of those things where why does he have to be on the Red Wings? But it's one of those things where if you're on the ice, all you got to do is produce. You know, you have those games where you're going you're going across to Canada when you're always playing against the Canadians, when you're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, all in your own division like that. When you're doing that, you're always going to have to miss Tyler Bertuzzi for, you know, three, four games at a time here and there because you can't cross the borders. But all you can do is have him go on the ice and produce. And another two goals tonight. Tyler Bertuzzi has been very, very good. And before going into tonight's game, he was the Red Wings' lead of plus 11 on the ice, too. So there's no secret why Eisman ended up giving this guy another opportunity. You know, you're coming off the back surgery. You might have been able to get a little bit of a discount there. Maybe not the longevity in terms of years that you wanted. But this was the two-year deal that you can look and see. This is what Bertuzzi is going to offer you. This is what he's going to be able to do. Even when you saw him on the All-Star game, stuff like that last year, you look at, geez, if you had some good people to play with, this guy can plug and play in any terms of any line. He can score, he can get you assists, he can play physical, he can fight. He can pretty much do all the things that you need him to do. And the Red Wings haven't had somebody like that since Tomas Holmstrom. It's honest, you know, it's, it's honest truth. They haven't had someone like that that can just get under the skin, get in front of the net, and do the things that he's got to be able to do. Tyler Bertuzzi, I don't care about at this point, Everything else that's going on, I mean, yes, I guess it's unfair to say that if he wasn't doing so good, maybe he'd be harping on him a little bit more. Look, I get it. That's the accurate truth. But right now, if this guy's producing and doing everything that he can do at a high level, you really can't sit and blame the guy. I mean, yeah, you can say, how can you be the only guy not vaccinated? But when you're giving me 15 goals and you're giving me 9 assists and you got 24 points in 25 games, that's damn near getting the job done every single freaking night. So I can't sit here and say too much. Because in terms of Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond, you also say, God, the Red Wings only have a first line all the time. That's what they always used to say with Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Mantha when he was here. Well, I mean, now, think about it. In terms of what's going on, you have Philip Sedina, who, you know, regrettably right now hasn't had the same offensive punch as you were expecting but again, that's another one of those Ken Holland draft picks. But I have to still get off that bandwagon eventually within the last couple of years because it'll be all Steve Eisman's guys soon. But more or less right now, it's all Steve Eisman's team. However, Sedina hasn't given you the punch that he's that you really wanted to see out of him. Michael Rasmussen, you know, maybe as a second or third line guy, preferably third line guy, he's going to give you more of the uh, well-rounded face-offs defensive two-way play more than an offensive player like that. So you're not really seeing too much out of that. But with Pew Suter, it's been a pleasant surprise. With Vlad Nemestikov, it's been a nice resurgence. The Red Wings are looking pretty good. And as I've said, when you're bringing up some of these kids, especially next year, and you're adding Simone Edvinson, who's probably next year going to play with or around Moritz Sider on defense, you have Edvinson and Sider on that defensive line. Now all of a sudden, as we're talking that the Red Wings defense needs to be restructured 
and it needs to change in order for this team to take that second step and make the playoffs and do the things that they want to do next year, I believe that's where it's going to go. Because, quite frankly, between last year and some of the offensive punch, I always looked at it. I don't know how all of you guys felt about it, but I always looked at it that the Red Wings in the offense really has never been too much of a problem. Even when the Red Wings weren't doing too good and they were getting pretty low on the point standings totals and getting these high picks, I always thought the Red Wings' def the defense was more of a problem than anything else. You know, Philip Peronik, I'm not so sure what I, what I feel about him. You know, Danny DeKaiser, I don't really see him as a top-line guy. He's one of those ones that has to play toward the top line because... The Red Wings don't have a lot of good defensive talent behind him. I know that's why they ended up bringing in Nick Letty. While they're giving Gustav Lidstrom a little bit more of a burn. But I think Letty and Lidstrom are already better than Hironik and uh, DeKaiser. Yeah, that's just already how it is. And you have Moritz Sider, who's already should be your number one defenseman on this team because there really isn't any other options. When you're telling me you can go through and replace that, whether it's Simone Edvinson or some of these other guys you could bring in through free agency and things like that, you shore up that defense from what we've already seen from this team as they compete every single freaking night for the most part. I know the Red Wings may not have, as we've said within the last couple of years, as much talent as everybody else throughout all these other teams on the ice, but they compete every night and they play hard. And especially when they're playing at Little Caesars Arena, they've kind of turned that around. I'm not going to sit here and say Joe Lewis. But I'm not going to sit here and also say that they're not giving their full effort when they're playing at home because they're really playing well at the LCA. When you struggle and you go on the road, it's one of those things where always you have to keep the puck out of your net. I don't think the Redmonds can throw three solid lines, those six defensemen that they have, whether it would be, you know, Hironik, Letty, DeKaiser, Mort Sider, you know, Osterle, Lindstrom, However you want to mix all that between COVID and whoever they bring up and things like that, I just don't feel like the Red Wings have more than two or three viable defensemen right now at this point. And viable, I would be thinking, I would say Lidstrom, Sider, and Letty. Those are maybe the only three that I would want to keep. And if you're going to sit here and tell me are trades going to be involved, you know, maybe I would consider the deadline, especially Hironik and DeKaiser, I would think that they could be on their way out if Eisenman can do something with that. But you would definitely be holding on to Lidstrom and uh, Sider especially. And Letty, you see whether or not maybe you can get enough for him. But Letty is one of those patchwork ones you can put in there right now that I think still fits on this team. But I'm looking at right now, realistically, three defensemen that I think going forward that the Red Wings could still use. Where that leaves a lot of work to be desired in terms of going into next year. So that's why I feel like if you improve on that defensive core, the Red Wings will do pretty well, and they can make the playoffs. I already like what they're doing on offense, and I imagine as that goes along and you're bringing more of these kids in there, whether it be Joe Valeno or things like that or some of the picks that you're getting from the draft, it's going to work out pretty good. And in the goaltending situation, honestly, you went from situations where you had you know, Jimmy Howard within the last few years to now going into, you know, Thomas Grice and Bernier and now Grice and Alex Nedeljkovic. And then you had Sebastian Kosa in the draft. I think he already found, as Eisman was kind of giving it a shot there with Alex Nedeljkovic, a little bit of a trade. And people were thinking at the beginning of it, I don't know what I feel about this. 
I was one of the ones that personally loved it, but I know a lot of you guys were kind of on the fence about that. But Alex Nedeljkovich, I think, has been uh, nothing else but outstanding considering what's behind him. And Thomas Grice, as I mentioned, maybe his numbers are a little bit higher than you would like to see. However, I think it's a product of the defense that's behind him. I think the goaltending tandem between Nedeljkovic and Grice is pretty much all you can ask for at this point. And I think the Red Wings, as you're looking at this outlook, look pretty good right now as they're sitting just outside of a playoff spot, probably playing better than most of you guys have expected out there. But what do you think? Facebook.com slash Gunsinger, Twitter, at John Ryan Ott. And boy, you know, within the next couple of months here, <clears throat> I'm going to be expected to go to the uh, Red Wings game on March 22nd on my birthday against the Philadelphia Flyers. So it'll be my second trip to the LCA, and we'll see how that ends up panning out. But that's a little bit into the future crystal ball, looking into the glass there. But my point in that is, not only do you feel like this Red Wings offense is kind of doing pretty good, especially a bounce back from the last couple games when they got pounded by two playoff teams. Because let's face it, the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals are a lot better than the Red Wings are. But my point being, Jacob Verana is coming back within the next couple of months. In case you guys forgot, you know, he was one of those ones that got injured right in the beginning of training camp, and I'm thinking, damn, what could the Red Wings do if they had Jacob Verana considering all of that? Maybe Lucas Raymond wouldn't have got as much of a burn as he's done, so it could end up being a blessing in disguise for the Red Wings, and then you end up getting Jacob Verana coming back into the forefront going into the 2022-2023 season on top of what you're already adding, and then thinking getting adding significantly to the defensive core, I like the outlook of this Red Wings team, and I think they look pretty good. And hopefully going forward, we can see really what the Red Wings can be. Because I've seen what Steve Eisman has done with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and what they've turned into, especially now that they've won the Cup since he's been gone, but that's not his fault. He was ultimately building between you know Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Braden Point, all of that. Hedman, Sergachev, he's doing all that stuff in Detroit. And spearlining that defensive effort is going to be Simone Edvinson and Moe Sider. Two guys that can completely skate, take over offensively and defensively, and then already adding, you know, just a really good, I'm not going to say bounce back season for Dylan Larkin, but he's one of those guys now that he's shown you. Is he just an assist man? No. He's a complete hockey player. Tyler Bertuzzi is a complete hockey player. Lucas Raymond is an excellent rookie. And you're putting Jacob Verana in there that you know that can put the puck in the net when he comes back in, especially next year, and gets his feet out from underneath him, hopefully, you know, to start around April in this season. This Red Wings outlook, to me, looks pretty good. So, yes, I do believe that they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but they've already played a lot better than I expected. But going full force into the 2022-2023 season, I think the Red, Wing, Red Wings' outlook looks pretty good. And they played pretty good tonight against the San Jose Sharks with a 6-2 victory. But as always, let me know what you think. Facebook.com slash Gunsinger, Twitter, at John Raynott. This is going to close it for Red Wings game night. I will get this uploaded here with the short little game story, and we will talk to you guys soon. Hopefully we'll catch up with you and um, talk some Pistons and... If I even feel like it will go into the absolute debacle of Michigan basketball that's going on right now. My goodness. Peace out, guys.